Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. We had a great day uh, Friday and Saturday with our Set Free Retreat, which is a retreat that we do a couple of times a year to help us deal with the hurts, the hang-ups, the struggles of life, and took a great group of people through it, saw God do incredible, wonderful things. We're going to hear a little bit about it at the end uh, today. But just powerful moments when we pursue the Lord and as we submit our lives to Him, and we know that uh, that's, that's what He wants to do in the world. Uh, you know, I was it really encouraged. We've been talking the last number of weeks about reorienting our lives around God and serving and joining a group and getting in relationship and all the things. About 135 of you have are participating now in a group or in a class or something like that. So well done, and continue to look more for more of those opportunities as the year unfolds. There's parenting training, there's uh, hearing God, there's in the prophetic, there's groups meeting in homes. Uh, talking to one small group leader this past week, and somebody brought a friend, and they uh, are, uh, came and, and were wondering about Jesus and surrendered their life to Jesus in a small group. Yeah. Okay. Let's forget the golf clap. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Here's what. <laughs> See, the Bible says that heaven rejoices when one returns or finds their way or Jesus gets them uh, to, into his kingdom. So we should rejoice. So we thank God that he's moving in lives. We thank God that you're responding to him and and we continue today in our series, the, the end of Haggai's series about reorienting our lives around God. It's a prophetic message. It's one, two chapters, 38 verses long. It's set in around 520 B.C. in Israel, uh, what is now current Israel and the city of Jerusalem. They had uh, been taken into captivity, into bondage, and were in all kinds of trouble. And after 70 years, they were returned. A portion of them, a remnant, came back to rebuild the city, to reestablish the worship of God. And, and we, we find that as we look into Haggai, that the whole nation was basically uh, filled with houses that were fixer-uppers. There were houses that were all broken down. The walls had been broken down, and they were doing their best to restore things. They had started by restoring the temple, and they had gotten uh, distracted, and there was a whole situation that happened. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, but... Haggai prophesies to them and says, guys, there's a reason why things are not working out in your life. And it says they were trying to plant the crops and things were not going. You planted much but harvested little. You eat but you never have enough. You drink but you never have your fill. You put on your clothes but they're not warm enough. You earn your wages only to have the government put them, their hand in your pocket. No, it doesn't say that. But put them in a purse with holes in it. That's talking like inflation. So there was inflation. They had all kinds of things going on. They were, they were citizens under the oppression of a government. And there was all kinds of trouble, and they had gotten discouraged and gotten distracted from putting God first in their life by building the temple. They had let it go. And, the, and Haggai challenges them with this phrase, give careful thought to your ways. In other words, what's going on with you? What kind of life are you leading? If you keep doing what you're doing, where will you end up? And he challenged them to 
put first things first again, to put God at the center of their life, to not have God on a peripheral, to not have God as a meeting slot in our schedule every Sunday or every third Sunday where we connect with him, but actually to begin to orient their life, their family, their work, their ministry, uh, their schooling, everything around the person and work of Jesus and centering around putting God first. Jesus also talks about that this in Matthew 6 and 33 where he said, seek first, somebody say first. first. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added. What were all the things? They were had been worrying about their money. They were worrying about how they're gonna have clothes. They were worrying if they would have enough food. They were worrying about if they would be able to uh, afford a roof over their head. There was all kinds of worries. And in the middle of that, Jesus came and said, your priorities, if you pursue those things, you will never get them. But if you pursue me, I will take care of you. And in the, the day and age that we live in, to put our focus, our attention upon Jesus, not what we're going through, not what our struggle is, not what our challenge is, our first response is to go to Jesus and let him begin to work on it. And, but it was more than just a personal challenge for them in 520 BC, where he said the presence of God and build a temple it was meant so that when a temple was built, they would be able to reveal Jesus, to reveal God to the world. And in the same way, as you begin to put God first in your life, as you continue to engage with him, he can begin to, through you, reveal Jesus to the world. Through you being set free, he can begin to reveal Jesus to the world. Through your family being healed by the power of Jesus, he, he can reveal himself to the world. Through your great attitude in your workplace, he can reveal Jesus to the world. Through your love for your neighbor, he can reveal Jesus to the world. Through your love for your enemy, he can reveal Jesus to the world. Through following the way of Jesus, suddenly the world can see that there's a God in heaven who, who is active and working. He's still changing lives. He's still moving cities. He's still uh, reviving people, reviving churches. And not to just live my house, my job, my work, my finances, Right order. It's not that those are not important. The priority that Haggai was saying is give careful thought to your ways. We're meant to be the ones that bring light into the darkness that through us, good overcomes evil. We talked about the importance of sustaining a personal renewal by focusing on Jesus. We talked about where all of us need moments where we reorient our lives around God that no matter how far we've gone in the wrong direction, we can always turn around. That's the grace and the goodness of Jesus. And so these people had begun to do it. They started building, and from this day on, God said, I will bless you, and their, their crops were growing better. Their finances were doing better. The inflation was, I don't know uh, what was happening. That maybe the government stopped spending so much. I'm tipping my hand a little bit there. Uh, but whatever was happening, things were beginning to shift for the people, and it was powerful. And that's how God works when we begin to reorient our lives around him and put him first in our life, not as an add-on to our life, but putting him first in our life. What actually begins to happen, he begins to change you from the inside out and through you to change the world around you. And as they finished up, all these things were going. And, but it seems that the governor Zerubbabel, somebody say Zerubbabel, 
If you name your child that, that will be very difficult in elementary school for him. I don't know what it will be called, but probably not Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel is there. I think we got to find a different name for him for today. I'm going to say something. But here's Zerubbabel trying to lead these people, and he's happy that things are happening for them. But he's also concerned that the reality is still that there's a strong warlike nations around them that could annihilate them at any moment. They still are just a remnant. The walls have not been rebuilt. And it, and it seems like he looked at it and said, we're few and we're feeble and, and I don't know what's going to happen. How could I as a leader, he said, as a poor prince, how am I going to do what God has called us to do? And as we finish up, it seems like the Lord in chapter 2 and verse 21 to 23, and we'll be ending there today, said, we need to go talk to Zerubbabel. And so we pick it up in verse 21. Tell Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, that I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones and shatter the powers of foreign kingdoms. I will overflow, overthrow chariots and their drivers. Horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. A lot of things in here that are confusing, that what's going on, thrones and kings and, and ring, rings and all kinds of stuff, funny names. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that you would open your word to us, that you would open our ears to hear. Lord, we choose to receive from you today, not for the person on our right or on our left, but that you would speak to us in our season and where we're at. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have the power to activate the word and speak it right to our hearts if we allow you. Let, let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Anybody ever had a difficult challenge? Anybody? Sometimes uh, we've all had challenges at different times. Somebody said to me once it was meant to encourage me. I'm not sure that it did. Craig, if you're not in a challenge now, you've just come out of one. And if you're not in a challenge now, you're sooner going to go into one. I was like, well, let me enjoy my moment then. <laughs> you didn't need to say that. But I can remember this challenging time when we were 1999, 2000, and it, I'd looked for a job. I'd lo uh, my job had finished, and for nine months uh, with two kids and one on the way, I was looking for a job and could not find a job. We were in a resource town, Campbell River at the time, uh, living on EI trying to find work, picking up, doing whatever I could to make sure my family could get fed, uh, rent that was taking most of our income. Uh, we weren't having our needs, all our needs met all the time, and we were struggling hard, and nothing seemed to be working, struggling and stressing, and it was affecting every area of our life, and God came through. And, but I want to tell you that struggles are real. They're, there are things that we go through. Maybe you're facing a huge marital challenge right now. Maybe you're looking at, oh, I hope that my landlord doesn't ask me to move for his family or for whatever it's going to be because I don't know that I could survive paying whatever the rent is there. Some of you that are on, have mortgages and, and we're used to 1% and 2 and 3% and are staring at, if I have to renew my mortgage at 7% or more, I don't know what I'm going to do. Others are trying to get through college and university and still trying to remain a follower of Jesus. Some are facing challenges of isolation and loneliness. Others are struggling under the pain of having lost someone. 
and we're looking at what's going on in the world, which we already talked about, and we say, what is happening? We go in, as we go into waters that no culture has ever gone into before and come out well. Fear and discouragement and distraction and wondering and wandering. And Zerubbabel was facing a challenge like that. And he was, God was coming in and assuring Zerubbabel, I am taking care of the big picture thing. These issues, these challenges, these ones. I'm going to overthrow these things that are surrounding you that seem overwhelming and impossible to you. Chariots are going to be taken care of and riders and horses of enemy nations. He would take down those things that had arrayed themselves against the people of God. Their pride, their confidence, their worldly strength that was saying we are going to rule the people of God. Because every empire has an expiry date. We can see it throughout history. The Egyptian empire, you can tour around the vestiges of what was, but it's gone. The Mongol dynasty that covered most of China and much of Middle Asia, gone. The Persian empire, gone. The Ottoman empire, gone. The Songhai empire of of Sahara Africa, gone. The Aztec empire, gone. The British empire, gone. And we seem to be witnessing the slow decline of another empire right now. And it's a good reminder for all of us that nothing stays the same. It's a good reminder for all of us that arrogance and pride have their best before date, whether nationally or personally. And so when Jesus was speaking to Zerubbabel, this was more than just the shaking of a natural kingdom. It was more than just the imminent demise of the Persian Empire, which came. It was more than just the shaking of the situation that Zerubbabel was in. It was both that speaking to that moment, but it was also speaking to another day. It was meant to comfort him, but there was prophetic language in here as well. You may not know that Zerubbabel was a descendant of David and an ancestor of Jesus. You can see that in Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 3. He was an ancestor of Jesus, the King of kings, who came to bring a heavenly kingdom that would shake every kingdom, that would turn the world upside down and is still turning the world upside down. You see, this references to when at the cross Jesus shook and destroyed the power of death and hell. It's a a reference to Jesus disarming and destroying the throne of Satan, the throne of the God of this world. It's a prophetic declaration to people living in darkness that Jesus is coming, that he's coming to reconcile the earth, that he's coming to make things right. Both he came 2,000 years ago and he's coming again. This God of, of heaven is coming. 1 Corinthians 15 and 57, this is what Jesus did. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3 and 8. Colossians 2 and 15. I'm moving quickly. And having disarmed, somebody say disarmed, the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them at the cross. And so this was both a moment where he was saying to Zerubbabel, but he's saying to you and to me in 2023 that you are not under the bondage of a kingdom that has 
had your number. You are not under the bondage of one that has stolen, has stolen from you, has killed your dreams, and has destroyed everything good for your life, and may be trying to do so again. But the God of heaven has disarmed the enemy, and the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing in the world. And you're like, oh, Craig, um, we, <laughs> that's really great, but we see a lot of evil and rebellion abundant in the world. What, what, are, you, what are you talking about? But the scripture also tells us that Satan is defeated. But how do, they, how do these statements hold true that he's defeated, but there's so much evil and going on in the world? A theologian by the name of George Ladd said this, the kingdom is already here and it is coming in fullness. The kingdom battle or the decisive battle was won at the cross and the final victory is being completed. The kingdom has already invaded this present evil age and through the church... God is advancing in the world. There, not every knee is bowed yet, but one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And like yeast in some bread, the kingdom may seem insignificant today. Indeed, it may seem invisible, but it will and it is multiplying and it is spreading throughout all the world. You're like, "Eh, but I don't know. It is moving and it is multiplying and it is spreading. All through the world, God is moving in dark times. God is moving when, you, when, when being a Christian is not advantageous to your life. God can still move in Canada. God can still move in nations that say, we want nothing to do with God. The Bible says, why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The God in heaven laughs. The God in heaven laughs. And we're cowering so often when God is laughing. You will not have your way, devil. Your power has been broken, you have been disarmed, and your final defeat is coming, but God is moving and ruling in the world. And our posture cannot be, I'm gonna go hide behind something, not behind the drum set. Oh Lord, please come, please come, I I can't help it. And I know that fear comes in, I don't wanna minimize that, but I do wanna maximize that Jesus is still God of the universe and is still moving in the world, and he's greater than anything, any plan of hell, any scheme of man. God is ruling and ruling and overruling, and just like he shook nations before, he can shake nations today. Just like he's put down one king, he can raise up another, and so we don't set our eyes on what's going on around us, we set our eyes on who is the ruler of the the universe. A kingdom is forcefully advancing. A kingdom that has seen outcasts find homes. A kingdom of hope and healing wherever you're at. A kingdom where the orphan finds family. A kingdom where God moves. A kingdom where addicts are set free. A kingdom that rules and overrules. And so just as Zerubbabel was meant to be assured by the reality of God's power today through Jesus, we enter into this encouraging reality of verse 23, where it says this, on that day in verse 23, declares the Lord, I will take you my son, or my servant Zerubbabel, son of that name, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I've chosen you, declares the Lord. What does all that mean? I see three promises to Zerubbabel that are, can be three promises to us today as we reorient our lives around God amidst the challenges of our personal, personal life, amidst the challenges of our family, amidst the challenges that we face, amidst our confusion, amidst our, 
our difficulties, that the same God that spoke 2,535 years ago, whatever, 543 years ago to Zerubbabel speaks to you today. Three promises. Number one, that Jesus has chosen you. In Haggai's prophecy, God is giving Zerubbabel some encouragement. He says, you are chosen for a unique and noble purpose. You are chosen by God. You are called by God, he said, Zerubbabel. And sons and daughters and friends and family and Horizon family, you are chosen by God for now. Some of you think you got to Canada because you snuck through something or you had the right uh, immigration department or whatever. You are here in the call and design of God. You are here to be used by God. You are here to be a light in darkness. You are here to be a missionary to, to, the, to the people around you and people who have lived here for generations. You are here in the time and the plan of God. You could have been at any other time in history, but God said, I need you. I need a strong one like you, 2023 in Canada. I need somebody that others are overlooking, but I see and I'm called them and I've chosen them. Isaiah 41 and 9, you're, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corner. Who's from a far corner of the earth today? Some of you have come from all over the world. And we've come from not just geographically far places, but we were at some time so far from God. And God called us, son, daughter, you're like, I'm trapped in addiction, or I, I don't know what to do. My family is, I, I'm, all the called you. You're my servant. I have chosen you. I have not rejected you. No matter how far you can feel away from God, he has chosen you. You might feel far from God because of the labels that others put on you. God has chosen you. You might feel far from God because of your private sin and struggle, but God has chosen you and called you. You might feel far from God because of your personal situation and your mental health struggle, but God has called you and God has chosen you. You might feel far from God because of the shame of some, some of your past, but God has chosen you and God has called you. God has chosen you and not rejected you. You can overcome. We can overcome. Whatever our struggle is, whatever our challenge is, whatever is challenging our faith today, whatever is the issue that we're facing. People might have cursed you and rejected you, but Jesus called you. Your spouse might have abandoned you in adultery, but Jesus called you. You might feel like your boss is blocked away for you, but Jesus has called you. No matter what others might have said about you or are saying about you, that greater is Jesus that's within you. You are chosen by God. And since you're chosen by God, he will empower you. Said he will make you like my signet ring. In those days, a ring would have been worn by somebody as a representation, almost like a, a, a credit card that give them authorization to do stuff. But far more than that, it was what the king would seal or his representative pass a law. And, and he had incredible power. It gave power and promise. And this was both a promise to Zerubbabel, but it was also looking forward to the day of Jesus coming, the Messiah who would one day overthrow royal thrones and shatter the power of kingdoms. A dictionary of the Bible type says this, when God informed Zerubbabel that he would touch his life like this, it was one of the most amazing things where he would leave on every life the imprint of God and the impress of heaven through the, he's saying, you're gonna be my signet ring. You're gonna leave an imprint of me on people's lives. You're gonna impress people with my presence. His conversation with others and his manner of life would leave an indelible impression on the hearts and lives of others. In the same way, 
God is using you to leave an indelible impression on the lives of others. All around him, there were constant reminders that he was a small remnant, bigger and stronger armies, seemingly holding all the cards. But during it all, he was being reminded, and we are being reminded today, Jesus is empowering you. Romans 6 and 10, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are not doing life by yourself. The Spirit of God, that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that caused dead things to come alive, causes you to come alive, can cause dreams to come alive, can bring people who are far from God to find their way to God, can heal sick bodies. I would said amen by now because Jesus is still alive and present and moving. He is powerful in the world. First John 4, 4, we've said it already. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So whatever the schemes of hell, there's still a God that is inside of you, empowering you, filling you, reviving you, renewing you, strengthening you, lifting up your hands, encouraging you. But let me tell you, he's not just empowering you so you can be, go to church occasionally and be a nice person. You should do that. But he's renewing you so that you can renew in your world and reveal Jesus to the world. Think of it. If you're an employee, he's empowering you to leave an indelible impression for Jesus in your workplace. We all leave an impression. Just what is it? If you're a young person, he's empowering you as a university student to leave an indelible impression for Jesus. If you're a senior, he's empowering you to leave an indelible impression for Jesus on your strata council. If you're a parent, he's empowering you and giving you strategies in how to disciple and mark your children with God's love and God's power. If you're a teacher, He's empowering you in the middle of all the craziness of our education world right now to leave an indelible mark for God. If you're a doctor or a nurse, or in, he's empowering you in the clinic and at the bedside to leave an indelible mark for Jesus. In other words, wherever you go, the signet ring of God is on you. He's authorized you. He's empowering you to leave an indelible imprint of Jesus wherever you go. It's not a church thing. It's a kingdom thing. It's not in the four walls thing. It's the world thing. It's not somebody special thing. It's everybody who names the name of Jesus. That same spirit is in you, in you, in you. You're not meant to just show up on Sunday. You're meant wherever God would call you. God, I'm available to be used by you. I want to be used as a signet ring for you to leave an impression. And sometimes we have to repent of the impression we've left first. Maybe that's just me. Sometimes we have to undo some stuff. And the best way to undo it is by living differently with the power of Jesus within you. What does that look like? It might mean showing up to your work on time, working hard, and having an amazing attitude. That's where the rubber meets the road, right? It might mean teaching your children their identity as a son and a daughter of God and not something else. It might mean offering to pray for one that has just shared their pain with you. 
It might mean loving our enemy and doing good to those that hate you. It might mean sharing your testimony when the door opens at your workplace or with over the fence to your neighbor. It might mean walking with the peace of Jesus when everybody else is losing it. He's chosen you, he's empowering you, and he will lead you. He said, I will take you. That word take means to like take someone by the hand and take them from where they are to where they need to go. And some of us need to put our hand in the hand of Jesus, so to speak, and allow him to take us into new spaces, into new places of living, into new places in our marriage, into new places in our life, into new places in our faith. He wants to take, give careful thought to our ways. Where might your life go if it just kept going the way it's going? Where might your life go if you really let Jesus lead you, if I really let Jesus lead me? Give careful thought to our ways. Is our past leading or is Jesus leading? Is my priority leading or is Jesus leading? Young person, is TikTok leading you or is Jesus leading you? Older person, when was the last time you let Jesus lead you into something new? See, the reality of a life in Jesus is not a one-time event where you say a prayer, a quick prayer, Lord, forgive me of my sins, and, and I got my ticket, and I'm on my way to heaven. That is such an incomplete understanding of the gospel. The gospel is meant to be a moment that changes the momentum of your life, that everything begins to shift, and you begin to follow the one who is the king of kings into the life, and you say, Lord, lead me where my trust is without borders. Take me into places. Take me beyond where I am. And I, I, I don't want to stay in this spot. There's more for you. There's more for me if we will give careful thought to our ways. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 says, no eye has, no ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. There are things that are out there for you that you have no clue of right now in God. There are things that he has not even whispered into your ear perhaps yet. There are places that he wants to have you to step into that he's prepared in other words, they're already waiting for me to discover, and I find them through following the Spirit of God. It says he reveals them to us by, its, by his Spirit. So those that seek him, what do they do? They find him. Those that knock, the door will be open. And so there's a part on us that is, I, if he's leading, I need to follow. Am I listening for his voice? We have a Hearing God uh, seminar that's we're into the third week, too late to join. It'll happen again in the spring where we teach you to how to hear the voice of the Lord because he has unique strategies for your life. He has ideas and pr for your business. He has ways that he wants to speak. But in the interim, you're like, I don't have time yet. Take and spend time with the Lord. Simply, sometimes it just means sitting, read your Bible, and then sit with it open and begin to say, Lord, what would you like to say to me today? And see what Jesus would do. God has things prepared for you that you have not seen. God has things prepared for you that you have not heard about. God has things prepared for you that you've not imagined yet. Jesus has things prepared for you. Are you prepared for Jesus to lead you? Give careful thought to your ways. 
Give careful thought to our ways. Give careful thought to my ways. Are we willing to reorient our life around Jesus? Give careful thought to our ways. Val, you can start to make your way up. See, our world is crazy. Massive cultural confusion and decay, we've talked about that. But we are called as Christ followers to go into all the world and make disciples. We're called to be light and darkness. We're called to be salt in a decaying world. And it's no more stagnant time. It's no more, no more living in circles. But maybe it starts with believing that your life is actually important to the world. Like Jesus said it is. He's called you. He's chosen you. There's all kinds of blockages often that come. And we come to the Lord and say, I want to give careful thought to my ways. Val, you want to come? Just before service, Val, we just felt like something that the Lord was sharing with her. Got your glasses? <laughs> Go ahead. I just wanted to take a moment first and honor the pastors of the house today. Because, because of their testimony, I'm standing here. Um, I'm standing here on shaky legs for the first time. No idea what the Lord is going to do with me, but I know he's doing something with me. And I'm taking that stand because of their testimony. So if you have time this week, send them an email, give them a card. They need to be encouraged. The work they, they do is hours and hours of prayer and time and dedication. So I just encourage you, if you have time this week, just send them a note and just let them know a way that they have um, touched your life. That wasn't part of the deal. I know, but I just, it was a gift <laughs> for you. It was a gift. <laughs> So the verse God gave me, Isaiah 30, verse 21, I am the way, walk ye in it. Such a simple and profound truth, the love of Jesus. Uh, I was at Set Free this weekend, and I had a major pivotal moment. The cross was there, and um, we were given a nail. We were shown the story of Jesus' crucifixion. Faith is a stepping out. Yesterday, I left anxiety at the cross and he gave me a bubbling in my spirit. He showed me a geyser. Well, anxiety is an internal battle, but a bubbling, a bubbling is an encouragement. It's a, it's a fuel, it's gonna geyser, it's gonna grow for the love of Jesus. So he is gonna take that anxiety and he has now changed it into a bubble of joy. I laid impurity at the feet of Jesus and he gave me a protected purity. I have carried almost a full lifetime of weight, an internal weight of damage that others have done to me. And yesterday at Set Free, I gave it to Jesus. Do you know what he did? Oh, he gave me something brand new. He gave me something that I can proudly declare of transformed life. That chance is here for you today as well. As you open yourself up to him, he gives you the you that he originally created you to be. It takes an act. It takes humbling yourself. It takes saying, God, I can't do this on my own. That act, it creates the shift. It will happen. I am standing here as a testimony that it will happen for you as well. If you have been doing all in your power and the pain and the pressure is too much on you, I wanna ask you to come to the cross. 
See, at the cross is where transformation happens. When we say, God, I can't do it. I can only leave it with you. That's here. That's at the altar. It's at the cross where we acknowledge what he actually did for us and that he wants us free from that. So if you've been trying to manage finances and it's too much for you and you don't wanna know, know how to do it, come to the cross. He's gonna show you the way. If anxiety is a battle, the simple act of coming to the cross. If trying to help guide your children or if they're stuck in a world of drugs and pain, come stand at the cross. Be here and he will help seal that deal for you. He will show you a new method. He will give you words to say. He is simple and profound and he is oh so good. Let his going to the cross be your transformation. Activate your faith and step out. If this is your first time hearing about Jesus, all you have to do is ask for forgiveness. It's a really simple process. Just ask for forgiveness. Believe, believe that he is gonna make the way to change your mess. And then you just have to confess. Say, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I need you. I need you to transform. And then we just have to ask someone for help. There's people here who wanna pray with you. They wanna support you in your journey. All you have to do is step up to the cross and ask. So if there's some elders around and some prayer people, if you're on a prayer team, can you come to the front, please? You don't, you're, you're on the prayer team. You may not be scheduled. It's okay. If you're on the prayer team, you're on the prayer list. If you get the prayer emails so that you can pray over people, come. We're going to just be available to pray for people. I invite you to stand to your feet. Thank you, Val. We just want to take a moment and respond as we've spent the last four weeks talking about reorienting our life around God and Val laid out some things that God has helped her with. I want to give you the opportunity. I'm going to pray and then as I'm, while I'm praying, just make your way to the front. You're, for some, it might be something, I need to see something shift. For some of you, you need know that you need to make a public act between you and God to step forward and say, God, I, I'm reorienting my life around you. For some of you, it might be an issue that you're dealing with, whatever it would be. You want someone to pray with you. And while I pray, I'm going to invite you to just make your way forward. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that it's not by our might, it's not by our power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. As I'm praying, just begin to make your way forward. Lord, thank you that you're moving and working. Thank you for the power of the cross that sets at liberty those that are oppressed of the devil. Thank you that Jesus went around doing good and healing. Thank you that you're a healer. Thank you that you're a deliverer. Thank you that you're a way maker for people. Lord, give us courage to follow you. Give us courage to ask for help. Give us courage to respond for prayer. We look to you, King Jesus. We look to you, King Jesus. And just boldly make your way forward. Come on. If your friend is at the front, you go ahead and run up beside them or for someone you know, pray with them.
Thank you, Jesus. I invite you just to stretch your hand towards the front and just begin to pray all together all at once. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are here. that's not at the front. Can I invite you just to some to turn that way, some to turn that way, some to turn that way. For about the next 60 to 90 seconds, pray for our city, for our nation, for a move of God. Out all together, all at once, out loud. Move of God. Spirit of the living God. Move in our city. Spirit of the living God, move in your church. Spirit of the living God, revive your church according to your word. Spirit of the living God, bring healing. Spirit of the living God, bring restoration. Spirit of the living God, people that are caught in darkness would see the great light of Jesus. Come on, pray like you wish someone would pray for you. Pray for our city, Lord. We love your city, Lord. This is your city, Lord. We pray for Surrey. We pray for Langley. We pray for Metro Vancouver. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for our nation, Lord Jesus. You would turn us back to you. Turn us back to you. We repent of going our own way. We repent of going our own way, doing things in our own strength. We turn to you, Jesus. Come on. Oh, we turn to you, Jesus. We turn to you, Jesus. Sons and daughters return. Sons and daughters return. People come to the right mind. Break the power behind addiction in our city, Lord Jesus. Break the power behind. Break the power behind gangs and drugs in our city, Lord Jesus. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Oh, set captives free. Come on, church. Pray like you wish someone would pray for you. You're in. Lord. 
revive your church according to your word, Lord. Revive us according to your word, Lord. Open our eyes to see. Open our ears to hear. Restore families. Restore hope in marriages. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Oh, Jesus, have your way in the education system, Lord. Have your way in the education system, Lord. Have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way. If you don't mind for a moment, we're going to close our, this portion of our service, but just put a hand on the person beside you and pray for them real quickly. Notice we're praying a lot today. It's all right. Pray for a moment for them. Pray the blessing of God over them. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, we bless him in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pray that out of his glorious riches, he will strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is this love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that has worked within us, to him be glory in the church. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.